This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me, cruising through those position previews we just did the linebacker episode, our eighth episode. We've done every offensive position. We've done defensive line, edge, linebacker. For this one, this is our one combo episode. We're going to look at the defensive backs position overall, combining cornerbacks and safeties. The reason uh, that that nickel position, it's just it's fascinating because it could be a corner, it could be a safety. It felt weird to talk about them both separately. And Steve Klinkscale, you know, defensive backs coach, he said, this year they're combining roles a little bit more than they have in the past. You know, it's it, they're coaching them largely together. I don't know if it's entirely together because we haven't been able to see a practice yet, but but I think it's a little bit more of a combo situation than usual. So this episode will be a little bit more of a combo situation. Same format, talking about strengths, talking about question marks uh, and predictions. Be sure to check out the written stories of this and any other position groups over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. So, Steve, this this defensive backs room lose, lost Daxon Hill, lost Brad Hawkins, lost Vincent Gray. But I, I this is like the weird position group where I, I don't think Michigan's expecting any sort of drop-off. The the starter, the known starters altogether are, are R.J. Moten, D.J. Turner, Rod Moore, might be able to pencil Jermon Green in there. I, 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 he technically, you know, had some injuries last season. I think DJ Turner kind of took his his main starting job, but he played plenty. So those four will probably play a ton. I think the the fifth position is almost like an indirect battle between Makari Page, Will Johnson, Mike Sainer still, you know, maybe some of the other freshman nickel candidates. But it's it, they're not competing against each other. They're just trying to figure out who the best five is. Because I do think Michigan will, know, knowing the makeup of this roster, I think they'll go with five defensive backs in their kind of base situation. So it's just, do they put three corners out there? Do they put three safeties out there? Uh, Sane was still are maybe arguably a tweener type player, uh, probably more of a cornerback. But Steve, lots lots of athletic potential in this room. What do you think is the biggest strength of Michigan's defensive backs? I think it's another spot where the versatility is something that could really shine through for them, right? Um, that's why you talk about a guy like Makari Page can add a total, di- totally different dynamic with his skill set, his size, his length, right? So I think there's just a, a very wide variety, almost kind of like receiver is on the other side of the ball we talk about, where there's just a very diverse set of skills across the board, with these guys, it does feel like Michigan's in a position where some young, even some young guys, uh, as deep as they are, have some some skill sets that maybe the, the staff will want to work with or, or get in there in certain packages and scenarios, right? I mean, you know, this between safety and corner, uh, just as the defense backs as a whole, this could be could be Michigan's deepest position outside of maybe receiver tight end, uh, honestly, just because because the other thing for me 
I think there's, you know, I, I saw, I think Damani Dent tweeted something implying that he may have gotten an injury or whatever. Um, don't know the details on that, but uh, remove him, even remove him between Zeke Berry, Cody Jones, Will Johnson. Uh, I think Michigan potentially three true freshmen that may not play extensively. We think Will 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 play extensively, but but even the other two guys, I think in a, in a, in a year where maybe they aren't as deep, would play and could succeed eventually uh, in in a in a freshman season. So feel like they could be they they're building it building it to where they could be. You know, and that's why I think it's so interesting with Klinkscale mentioning the the more mixing in guys like safeties playing corner, corner, like et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think that speaks to that in a big way. So uh, other quick strength, by the way, for me is is just Steve Klinkscale. I think he's one of the best assistant coaches in college football, had an amazing track record at Kentucky with guys who were not nearly as recruited as most of the guys he now has on Michigan's roster. Uh, Really, it got a lot of hype at the time, I think, because he had been connected to the Michigan job a few other times, you know, when, when there was an opening there, but kind of since then, uh, I don't know, maybe on our board, you know, the diehards are are very real, but I think on a, on a layman's level, I don't think people really uh, appreciate the Steve Klink scale hire and what he brings to the table for them at at the defensive back spot. So that's kind of another secondary strength for me uh, just off the top of the top of my head. Yeah. I think the biggest strength, this is in line with, what you're talking about with the versatility and maybe the the multitude of packages they can operate with. I think the athleticism is really high. Uh, you know, I think at safety and corner, a lot of very good size speed combinations. You watch, you watch RJ Moten move around the field. You'd be very surprised to hear that he's 221 pounds. You know, you watch the way Rod Moore tackles. You'd be very surprised to hear that he's what 181 pounds. Uh, you know, DJ Turner, there's video of him running a four two eight, proving that he's the fastest player on the team. So yeah, obviously those three are the, the, the headliners, but I, I feel like if you go and like, like either watch the film or, or go look up the testing numbers of, of some of the other players, I think you'd come away really impressed with the athleticism. I think this is, I don't know that it's, it, you know, I think the, the thing that people, people, when I talk about defensive backs athleticism, I think the mind always wanders to, well, how will they hold up against in Ohio State? Last year, they held up pretty well. I think they, you know, Ohio State still threw for a lot of yards. I don't think, I don't think the defensive backs were thinking that that was a, uh, a, you know, their best possible game. But I think this is another group that, that even if they give up a catch or they give up the occasional big play, they're not going to get cooked. They're not going to get you know, roasted the entire game. They're not going to get beat every single time. You, you have to earn your big plays against this group. And, and so, you know, there's still question marks. I don't think this is a done deal elite position group, but I think the overall athleticism, when, when I hear that Michigan doesn't think there'll be a drop off in the, in the secondary, when they just lost Daxton Hill, they lost a veteran in Brad Hawkins. You know, they lost someone with experience of Vincent Gray. Uh, to me, I think, I think that says more about the athleticism of this group that they, they think there's not only a high ceiling, you know, once everyone, finds their potential or finds their technique. Uh, but there's also a high floor because they're just not going to be out of caught out of position as much as maybe Michigan defenses of a couple years ago would have. So I really like the athleticism of the group, um, particularly among those top three guys, but really I I'm with you. I think there is some depth here. I think, 
I don't know if I, I the second string, I, you know, I think there's still some unproven players, but, but the way that they can move guys around, they, if they lost one or two guys to injury at some point this season, I don't think they would have to go that far, you know, that far down their depth chart. They could just move to different positions. So I think there's a few guys that could play nickel. There's a couple of guys that could play kind of that free safety or that strong safety. You know, I think there's, there's some, there's some true fluidity among the positions and you don't, you don't get to do that if you don't have athletes, guys who are, who are not only fast or not only strong, but both and who can really move around the field and make plays. Plenty of questions between the two position groups. But Steve, what's your biggest question mark for Michigan's defensive backs? You mentioned them earlier. Uh, I think, and I, I've, I've been buying it, but I do think it's Michigan's biggest question uh, here is, 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 the, is Jamon Green going to have sort of a bounce back year? Klingscale had a lot of really good things to say about him in both offseason pressers that I believe he's done. Uh, I think he even mentioned that Green had a better spring than DJ Turner. So interested to see if that's carried over into the fall. Uh, again, we think Turner's their number one corner, even if Green had a better spring. But I, again, we said Junior Colson was Michigan's most important player this year in the linebacker episode. Uh, I think Jamon Green is, is right up there just because I, I just, I feel like Turner is there. Green has sort of, he's had an up and down. I don't want to, not even really down, but like he didn't repeat his 2020. He was one of the only, maybe the, one of the only players on the roster who had a really good 2020 during, you know, during the COVID year. I mean, he, he turned out to be one of Michigan's best players. Yeah, at least on defense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, that season. And I think we thought he would build off of that in a big way. And I, I don't think he quite, I, I bet if you asked him, he probably doesn't feel like he built off of it as much as he should have, but it sounds like uh, things are trending more back in a positive direction. I think had, having a second uh, solid cornerback uh, is going to be huge for Michigan, just because, you know, I think Will Johnson will eventually get there, you know, and again, that might be one of those things that, yeah, by the end of the year, maybe he's, more in that conversation or, or is, is that conversation. But I, I think, I think a big bounce back for Jamon green would, would do wonders for uh, Michigan's defense this season. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. My, my biggest question mark is the, the coverage, uh, but not the, not the coverage at cornerback. Cause I actually do think Turner and I'll, I'll save this for my predictions, but I think Jamon green, I think those two will be just fine in coverage, but I think, I think Daxon Hill sometimes got overlooked last season, despite being an all big 10 player and a first round draft pick. I think, I don't think people realize he got, he got targeted like five, six times a game. And, and he didn't necessarily, you know, force incompletions, but he did not allow very many big plays. And I think in the moments where RJ Moten and Rod Moore had to kind of play that nickel role, I think there were struggles. The two both allowed 16 completions per pro football focus, 16 completions on 18 attempts last season. And so I think that there's, that's really high for a safety, you know, safeties. Yeah. Sometimes they get put in tough coverage situations, but even, even with that aside, I think there's a, there's a lot of room for growth in coverage and the, and the ball skills um, and not just at safety, but also at nickel, you know, that's, that's where Dax Hill played a lot. Someone's got to take on that role and that, that role in, in today's college football, you could argue it's maybe the most important role on the defense in college football because you are guarding, you're covering some of those top-tier slot guys. You're covering 
uh, you guys who are future, not just NFL players, but guys who will be on on Stephen I's fantasy teams. You know, think about think about Penn State, think about Ohio State. I mean, the the players that that Dax Hill had to cover, or Rod Moore on occasion, or RJ Moten on occasion. That's that's going to be a big test, you know. And 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 the linebacker position. I know in the last episode I talked about the linebacker coverage, but I think the safety coverage. I'm less concerned about it because I, I, I do think the athletic potential is there and I think players will step up, but I do think that is probably my biggest question mark is, is, you know, is that going to be, is it going to be a strength for Michigan where Michigan or opponents don't feel like they can actually produce picket on safeties and coverage? Is it going to be kind of neutral where, where teams will just try to create the matchups and sometimes they'll get it. Sometimes they don't. Or is that going to be a weakness that that opposing teams, you know, in their scouting reports are kind of circling saying, we got to key in on that. So a little bit closer to your curiosity than a, than a weak point. But I do think the stats from last season, from the guys who are coming back, and and you throw Mike Sainer still in there, a lot of excitement about him. He's, he's full-time defense now, essentially, has not played the position in games since high school. So I, I I don't think anyone can sit here and say, oh yeah, he'll be fine, without at least a little bit of question, and and he can easily, who knows, maybe three weeks from now, a month from now, we're saying, nah, that was a silly question, but I think in, in some of this, both with the safeties and the nickel position, I think there's uh, there's still things to be proven in terms of coverage. All right, Steve, biggest prediction for the defensive backs room, lots lots of different storylines. What which one are you buying in on? Real quick, tell me if you agree. Daxon Hill going to be a better pro than he was college player? Yes, I think so. I think he was really great last season, though. I think no, it he kind of got overlooked. But yeah, no, yeah, this wasn't wasn't even saying uh, you know I could say yeah. he was really good, but I just think like he's already been tearing it up in the preseason. Uh, I think Cincinnati looking really smart. Yeah, with that pick. So because um, sometimes that phrase gets used when it's like a five star who like wasn't super impactful right. in college. But I think he was a... super impactful, even if it just got overlooked sometimes. Sure. sure. Um, prediction wise, man. Yeah, there are, there are a ton of different directions you could go here. I think Zeke Barry finds a way to make an impact at some point this season for Michigan. I think he's that good. I think he's one of the two or three best players in the class. He might be even ranked that way. I don't know. Maybe that's not that bold of a statement to say that, but either way, uh, as deep as Michigan is at, at the position at, at especially at safety and, and where he's most likely to project, uh, I still think he finds a way. It might not be right away, might not be in the first month of the season, but one of those guys that maybe sort of like Rod Moore last year, you know, saw some early opportunities, learns, and then by the end of the year is, is a guy that is making some, some big plays for Michigan in some key situations. So, uh, that's going to be my prediction. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on Zeke Barry as well. I actually think I had him before fall camp. I did a depth chart, and I think I had him as the number two nickel, and that was as a late enrollee. So that speaks to kind of my initial impressions of what he could do, and and uh, haven't heard quite as much about him as maybe I I expected. But at the same time, you know, it's a long season, and he's he's pretty darn athletic, and and I think he's he's the epitome of that versatility that you were talking about. I think they could line him up really at all five spots and feel 
okay, you know, about him being being able to hang on where he is. Uh, Steve, just real quick, any any thoughts on Will Johnson and how he fits? That was actually my biggest question mark of the cornerback room. Um, and I'm curious as someone who who covered him as a recruit a little bit more. You know, what's what's a fair ish expectation for him in year one? It seems like he's going to play, um, but anything else to add there? Maybe similar to how I described Barry's emergence, except Johnson will, yeah, will play right away. I assume, I think there'll be some learning experiences for him, but I do think by the end of the year, he's definitely going to be an asset for Michigan. I'm interested. Like he was actually want to say when we first came out with the the 2022 rankings, like 10 years ago, (laughs) he was, he was projected or, or was listed as a safety. So he's played that position too, you know, Again, and that's why I go back to clink scale talking about mixing guys around. To me, Johnson is much like you said with Barry's versatility. Is like I actually think Will Johnson is a potentially versatile guy too, uh, with how clink scale likes to do things. So, like I said, I think is he going to step on the field and immediately be a shutdown defender? Not necessarily. I think it's within the realm of possibility, but my expectation would be, you know, he's one of those guys. I think the first those first three or four games of the season will be really really important. You know, like a, by the time Maryland comes to town, Maryland's got a great passing attack. That's probably the biggest strength on their roster. Maybe we'll see more about more of what Will Johnson's capable of this season because that 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 will be a game that he'll probably be put to the test, right? So, yeah. you know, that's maybe the way I would approach it is just a more than cautious optimism. But I, you know, because he yeah, has lofty ranking, uh, legacy, the excitement with his commitment and signing, you know not necessarily expecting him to walk right on the field right away and, and play all conference type football or anything like that. You know, I just think one game at a time for him, but I think, yeah, that early stretch will be as important for him as it is for anybody else on the roster. Okay. So my prediction for the room, I'm, I'm actually with you. I, I, I actually predicted Jamon green bounces back. I, you know, we're, we're pretty high in the cornerback room overall, but you know, Jamon green, I think the the thing that he's always done really well is he, he limits completions. You know, he doesn't necessarily get a ton of pass breakups. I think he only had one last season, which surprised me. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily get a ton of picks. But it's, you know, with his length, with his with his wingspan um, at that position, I think makes him, you know, he isn't necessarily beaten out on a lot of 50-50 balls. It's just that he isn't necessarily racking in the turnovers. But I think I think this year that can start to change. I think, you know, I think he's able to build off that. I think. You know, him having a good spring, I, I understand fans might dismiss it as, oh, that's just, you know, clink scale saying nice things or trying to challenge Turner. But there were several reports that he had a nice spring. And and I think cornerback is the one position where that helps between the ears too. You know, it's not just a sign that he's put things together, but also he's building confidence. Because I think last season, the big thing was he actually had a lot of very good plays. It was a couple really big plays. He allowed four receptions of 25 to 45 yards, but he only allowed four yards per target on all the other pass attempts last season. So this is a guy, I mean, if he can, if he can improve his 50-50 ball tracking or his ability to make a play on a 50-50 ball, I suppose, I think he's a lot closer to being a very good cornerback than, than fans might realize. You know, because you can you can improve that the the ball skills at, at the point of of the catch. 
what's tougher to improve upon is, is being in position. And I think he's pretty good at being in position. So I am predicting a bounce back season for Jamon Green. All right, that's going to do it for our defensive backs episode. Be sure we tons, tons of stories on all this stuff. And we've talked to a few of these guys so far this fall camp. So be sure to check it all out over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. We've only got one more episode of these, and it'll come up later on this week. It'll be the special teams episode. So stay tuned for that. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.